This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Give your Bible today. Can you turn to Luke chapter 1? Luke chapter 1. We're starting a new series today for Christmas for the month of December uh, called Christmas Miracles. Christmas Miracles. I believe miracles since you came along. Jesus, you awesome thing. Yes, and... Uh, Christmas miracles. I've realized that sometimes Christmas season is a stressful season. Sometimes it's a season marked by loss for people where they've lost loved ones or maybe it wasn't a good experience, but we want to redeem the season. Some people, it's chaos. It's year-end. It's, 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 it's consumerism. It's stuff you have to do. It's a to-do list on your phone or on your fridge. But I do believe there's something special about this season. And over the next four weeks, next four, um, three Sundays and uh, one Saturday, uh, we're going to unpack um, four different lives from the Christmas story, truths that echo through time today to us, and we believe they're going to help us know God's plan for our life. It's going to help us celebrate the Christmas season, and I believe God's going to do something. Amen? So we're really, really excited. I've realized in my life that most miracles have a face attached to it. Have you realized that yet? You ever had a miracle in your life, financially, relationally? Some, most times it's someone stepping up and God using that person. And we're going to unpack four different faces, characters from the Christmas story, and call it Christmas Miracles. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for everyone here. God, we are thankful. We are so, so thankful for what you're doing here in this church. Father, we're not perfect people, um, but we serve a perfect God. And God, you have a perfect plan. So again, again today, Father, as we launch into this season that is special, we're praying that you would reach each one of the sound of my voice. Thank you for our kids' ministry right now, just loving on our kids and teaching them and blessing them, and we bless them right now. And Father, we pray for us here this morning that, God, that the Prince of Peace, you said you're the Prince of Peace, which means you have authority over peace. That means wherever you are, peace is decreed. And we speak peace over our spirits and our lives today. In this season of chaos and running and gunning and going and moving, would there be peace on every side, relationally, spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally? Father, we pray peace today. And God, again, we want to thank you for sending all that snow to Moncton last week. <laughs> Do it again, Lord. Do it again. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Again, if you're a cat-loving Monktonian, this is probably not the church for you. Uh, I got a text from a pastor in Moncton this week. Texted me. He's like, "We have this is the most snow on record this early in 25 years. Stop praying for snow." I was like, "Can't do it. Can't stop. Won't stop. God's got to call on our lives, and we're believing that snow gets in the way. So we want a white Christmas, but we just want the rest of the snow. Just go to Moncton, good city. If you can get there, just go and visit. Uh, sleigh ride will take you there. So, or uh, or 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 snow dog or something. But anyway, we just we're so thankful that God loves Moncton so much to bless them with a double portion. As their sins are white, clean as white as snow. Amen. <laughs> Luke chapter one, verse twenty-six. We're going to start reading from the Message version today. I like the Message version how it unpacks this story. I find sometimes as a communicator that there's nothing new. We don't need to be taught new things. We've got to be reminded of old things. Sometimes I need to be reminded to slow down and breathe. Sometimes I need to be reminded to eat my vegetables. Sometimes I need to be reminded that please and thank you are still the magic words. And sometimes with stories like this, we hear it our whole life. It's so much a part of culture that we're looking for new ways to freshen it up. And today I want to read from the message version and maybe put a different spin on it. We're going to start reading in verse 26 of Luke. It says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy which is Mary's cousin. 
God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph and the virgin's name Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her, good morning, you're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. Side note, men, that's how you wake up your wife, right there. That's how you wake her up. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. Just to let you know, that'll help you right there. And every woman said, okay. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken. I think my wife would shake with, like, what's going on? Why did you say that? <laughs> uh, she was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you'll have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You'll become pregnant. I guess that's a surprise, you know. You ever starting a family and it was a surprise? Surprise, you know. Um, that's the way God started his rescue plan. Surprise, you're going to be pregnant. He says, you're going to have a surprise for you. You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. And he will be great. He'll be called son of the highest. The Lord God will, um, will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end, even ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called the Holy Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son? Um, um, old as she is, everyone called her barren, and here she is now six months Pregnant, nothing, oh, I like this, nothing you see is impossible with God. We're living in a church. If you look around today, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. Then the angel left her. Today, I want to talk on this title for the next few minutes, um, The Miracle of Yes. The Miracle of of yes. There's something special about Christmas, isn't there? I don't know what it is, but even as a child growing up, I realized that Christmas seems to get earlier and earlier in our home and also in stores. There was a time that Christmas seemed like it was the last two weeks of December. Now it seems the second Halloween is done, the Christmas trees are out, things are changing, and it's like Christmas is moving earlier and earlier and earlier. In the States, they have, you know, they have this conflict of Thanksgiving, and it's already Christmas. And, but it seems like Christmas is getting earlier. But I remember as a child, even, growing up in church and knowing, uh, having a faith of my own and my family's faith and walking through this, there was always something special about Christmas. I remember walking through, realizing, going, it's almost like, it's almost, I remember thinking, being like 9, 10, 11, going, it's almost like Everyone else is a Christian right now. I remember thinking that as a kid because there's something about Christmas. It's almost like what I felt in my heart, what I saw in my family, the expectation, the joy, what I had in my life as a believer, even at a young age, realizing there is a God, there is a plan, he's forgiven me, there's hope, there's all this stuff. What I felt, I remember seeing it, going, it's almost like this is like, I remember being so young going, this is almost like it's church in the mall. I remember going through the mall and hearing the, the Christmas carols. Do you ever listen to Christmas carols? They're the gospel. People walk through and they, they think about um, Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone. They, they picture um, uh, Santa Claus and Jingle Bells. But when you listen to the Christmas carols, it is the gospel. I remember walking through malls going, I can't believe they're singing about Jesus in the mall. I can't believe they're talking about uh, the virgin birth. I can't believe they're talking about hope and joy. There's something about Christmas time. I think the world gets a glimpse this time of year of heaven for a moment. 
I think that's why there's also this attack on to commercialize it and make it stressful. But I think there's this moment in our season, a moment in our year where the world gets a glimpse of heaven for a moment. And you wonder why you feel stressed at Christmas time. There's something about this time of year. I don't know if it's, you know, you think about joy. The whole world all of a sudden is talking about joy. Joy to the world. It seems like people are a little more happier, a little more open to talk about joy. They talk about hope. TV shows, movies, songs are all about uh, people coming home for Christmas and the hope that maybe you can make it through the snow and make it past Moncton and make it from overseas and you can get home for Christmas and every song's like there's hope. There's hope. Hope for tomorrow. And it's like we get a glimpse that maybe there is some hope. There's expectation of gifts. Maybe it's going to be a white Christmas. There's expectation. There's things like peace. Stories of wars stopping on Christmas Eve and soldiers walking across trenches and foxholes to share some tea and some coffee together, pausing because Christmas gives us hope and there's peace and the Grinch changes from his ways and there's peace in his heart and wars pause and there's salvation. And we say things like, what if a Savior was born? What if there was a star directing the wise men? If, they, if, if there is a God directing them, is it possible that there is a God directing us. There's something about this time of year. Something about Christmas. The miracle of yes today, in the next few minutes, I just want to unpack the truth from Mary's life. In our Christmas miracle series, the first person I want to focus on is Mary and the power and the miracle of yes. I want to unpack the scripture today and we're going to go through the scripture. I want to pull up some truths that I believe affect that was Mary's life but also affects our lives. So the first thing is in Luke 26, verse 26 of chapter 1, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth, her cousin's pregnancy. Her cousin had her own miracle. Her cousin confirmed, it says that when she was in her presence, the baby jumped inside Elizabeth when she was next to Mary because it confirmed that Mary was carrying a miracle. Here's what I've realized today is God's plan attracts other yes people. You need to know this today. God's plan is attractive. God's plan attracts things. When you know you're a part of God's plan, I believe there's a God plan for your life today. This Christmas season, I want to remind you that God has a plan. God was working, God is working, and God will work, but his plan is attractive. Things are attracted to God's plan. This church is proof of that. Me and my wife and our kids sat down and said, we believe God's plan. And the last year we launched with 75 people. We said, this is unbelievable. And 75 people said, we don't want anything. We just want to be part of God's plan. We see it. We want to do it. And God's plan is attractive and it attracts other yes people going, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say yes. I want to say yes to this. Now we're sitting at 147 people, a part of the team, and then many, many more come and enjoy and are part of this church. I want to let you know today, when you say yes, the miracle of yes is it attracts people to your life that have miracles in their lives. There's something attractive about saying yes in God's plan. It attracts people. Our life is better because of people that we've met in this last year and a half. When you say yes to God's plan, people get attracted to your life. People walk into your life. People that are stronger than you and better than you. And together, this God starts to build this community, starts to build this crew, starts to build this movement of people saying, I want God's plan. When Mary said yes to God's plan, it's amazing how she started to attract people. There was wise men, rulers, people of authority, people of finances, people of influence, her family. People got around her and said, listen, we, there's something going on here. And we say yes, and we are attracted to what God's doing in your life. To, together, let's go through this journey. I want to remind you, when you're in God's plan, you don't need to be lonely. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not lonely, people. 
Because God is attracting people. Listen, when you say yes to Jesus, say yes to God, God starts to draw people to your life. I believe this. If you're single, you're saying, hey, I, I, I'm desiring for that marriage. I'm desiring to go to the next level. That's a good desire. But can I encourage you, you chase your purpose, and God will bring your person. So many people go after a person, then they get frustrated because they can't live out their purpose. They find someone, an awesome person, and then they wonder why they're frustrated because that person's supposed to do this with their life, and you're supposed to do this with your life, but you found your person, and your purpose frustrates you. I believe when you find the plan of God for your life, your purpose, God will bring the right people, whether you're single, whether it be in your business, whether it be in your church. When you say yes, it attracts other yes people. Mary had people come into her life. God's plan is attractive. We are better together. There is an aligning, a building and we're in this together. It goes on, it says in verse 27 and 28, it says, God sent the angel Gabriel to the village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. He goes on and he says, Gabriel greeted her and said, good morning, you're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. Here's the thought today I want to let you know, is God sees your value. Some of you need to hear that today. How easy is it to look in the mirror and see what's wrong? How easy is it to look at your life and go, what's wrong? How easy is it to look at your, 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 your finances and go, what I don't have? How easy is it to look at your friendships and go, what I am missing? But God looks at you and sees value. So, I wish I could stop here today. I wish I could park here and, and just, and just um, pontificate and unpack this. But God sees your value. We don't know a lot about Mary's life to this point, but she was on a journey to get her to this point, and God picked her for a reason. It's interesting. He doesn't say she's beautiful on the outside. He says, you're stunning. You're beautiful on the inside. I want to remind you today, the journey you're on, God sees the inside of you, and he sees your value. Some of you, it's your softness. You shouldn't be this soft. You've been through too much. People have let you down. You've been through some stuff, but you still cry. You walk out of the servant crying every single week. You're having coffee, and you're crying all the time. We're the crying church. We have a lot of names. We're called the cool church. We're called a lot of things. But I think we're going to soon be called the crying church because we just cry all the time. If you're not a crier, stick around. <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm about to cry. But you shouldn't be this soft. You should be hard. You should be calloused. You should be abrasive. But some of you, there's a softness, and God says, I see that, and it's valuable. Some of you, it's your purity. People have used you and abused you. You've seen enough junk. You've been through this stuff. But there's still this purity, this innocence to you. God says, I see that and it's valuable. Some of you, your toughness. Some of you, you've been through some stuff and you got a limp on the inside. Oh, you may have a limp on the inside, but God sees value. You, you, you paid a big price for that limp. Some of you emotionally, relationally, you're limping on the inside going, I'm still here, but you're pressing forward. There's something inside of you going, no, no, I can't stop. I'm going to keep going. God says, I see that toughness. It's so valuable to the plan I have for you. That some people stop and quit too early, but there's something inside of some of you. You press on and go, no, no, this happened years ago, and this person hurt me, but I don't carry it anymore. I just keep going forward. No one can stop me. They may have tried to delay me, but they can't deny me. I'm keep going. Why? Because I got a toughness inside of me. God sees that, and you're valuable. Some of you walk in, you're going, I'm too tough for church. I've been through too much. These people are too nice. God says, that's valuable. That toughness you have inside of you. You're survivors. Your determination is beautiful. Some of you are so determined. Nope, nope. That's what I love about our team. We have this saying on our team. We start with yes and work our way back. Do you think it's possible? Yep, the answer is yes. Do you think it's possible to set up a Christmas set from scratch in an hour and 15 minutes? Uh, yes, and then we'll figure it out. We're going to need coffee and some people, and we'll make it happen. Why? Because determination, God sees it as valuable. 
I want to let you know today, God sees your value. The sum of your life to this point has made you who you are. Some of you are going, I don't know if I belong here. No, God sees your life. I want you to hear this today. I want to hear heaven himself speaking to your heart. You are so valuable. You're breathtaking. You shouldn't be this good. You shouldn't be still standing and still smiling. But you made it. Anybody crying yet? You made it. You're doing better than you think you are. God sees your value today. You're so valuable. He's so valuable. It says Mary was on this journey, and God spoke to her value. Today, if you only hear one thing, it's that God is crazy about you, inside and out. Verse 29 says she was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like this. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. Here's my thought today. You need to know this. God's plan is scary, but you have nothing to fear doesn't make sense, does it? God's plan is so scary, but you have nothing to fear. I heard it said this way, and I believe it. If God's plan doesn't scare you, it's not God's plan. God's plan is scary. What God has for this church would scare us if we saw the whole thing. It's so big. It's bigger than you think it is. It's better than you know it is, but it's so scary. Listen, God's plan, some of you, God's calling you to things, to step away from things, to step into things, and you're scared to death. God's plan is scary. That's why the angel said, don't fear, because it was a scary moment. But then he said, you don't have to be afraid. I want to remind you today, God's plan is scary, but you have nothing to fear. It's overwhelming, but he won't overwhelm you. It's weighty in responsibility, but it's not too heavy. God's plan is heavy, but it's not too heavy. It's overwhelming, but it won't overwhelm you. It says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting. It's perfectly tailored to you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. God's plan for you is powerful. His plan is to reach thousands and to affect generations. It's better than your past, and it's bigger than your now. You need to know that right now. God's plan is that big. And some of you are overwhelmed going, I don't know if I can do this. It's scary. But you have nothing to be afraid of. God is with us. He won't put anything on you you can't handle. Get a vision bigger than you're today. Some of you are just living through your Christmas list and your bills and your relationships and what you don't have. Can I encourage you? Get a vision bigger than you're today. Look to generations. This plan is bigger than your past and it's better than your now. It's big. And some of you are overwhelmed, but it's not overwhelming. Because God is with us. That's good news today. Verse 34 says, Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And therefore this child you'll give birth will called Holy, Son of God. You need to know this today. You aren't qualified, but you are chosen. You aren't qualified for God's plan. Some of you... You knew where you were last night. You're thinking, I shouldn't be in church today. Some of you knew where you were last decade. The 90s were a blur to some of you. Some of you weren't alive in the 90s. Some of us were born in the 70s, 60s, 50s. But you're not qualified for what God has for you. But you're chosen. Mary had no experience. She had no skill set, no reference point for motherhood. She was a virgin. She hadn't been with a man. She'd never raised a child. It's interesting. The most important 
child rearing in history. A child's going to be born and someone has to raise him. The most important parenting job in history was given to a rookie with no experience and no qualifications. I think that's interesting. We tell the story about a virgin birth and we talk about the pureness, but she had no experience. It wasn't like, yeah, I've already got three kids. Give it to someone with six kids. You know what I'm saying? By then they know what they're doing. I know, you know, don't let them do that. Don't, you know, watch out for this. A rookie with no experience and no expectation, God said, the most important job in history, I give it to someone unqualified. You are unqualified for what God has for you, but you're chosen. Some of you are like, are you qualified to lead this church? I am not. Is your wife qualified to lead this? Nope, we're not, but we're chosen. God's got a plan for this city, for this church. He's got a plan for this city, for your life and your family. Some of you are thinking, man, my parents were screwed up. I'm not qualified to be a good wife or husband. No, but you're chosen. Some of you are like, my, my, I didn't have a good childhood. I don't know how. I can't even say the word father without getting anger. I don't know if I can be a good dad. I don't know if I can be a good mom. No, you may not be qualified, but you're chosen. God has a plan for your life. The most important child ever to be born was raised by an unknown and an untrained. 1 Corinthians 1, 7, 127. Instead, God chose the, the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful. Any weak, shameful people in the place? Just me? God wants to use us to, to change the world and, and turn it right side up. God wants to use you. We're unqualified, but we're chosen today. God doesn't choose the qualified. He qualifies the chosen. When God chooses you, he'll equip you. He'll train you. He'll put you where you need to be. I want to encourage you today. God has a plan for your life. Verse 36 and 38. And did you not know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her barren. It goes down and says, you're going to be pregnant. And nothing's impossible. And this says this. Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I am the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. And then the angel left her. Here's my final point today. All God needs is your yes. Think about that for a moment. He doesn't need your LinkedIn account. He doesn't need your past. He doesn't need your degree. He doesn't need who you know or what you know. All God is looking for in 2018 as we bridge into 2019 to affect our city, our families, our businesses, our classrooms, is someone to say yes to God's plan. All God needs is a yes. All Mary needed to do was say yes, I'm in. There's something about yes. The door of change swings on hinges of availability. Everybody's talking about change. We gotta change the world. We gotta change the government. We gotta change our schools. We gotta change our culture. Here's what I've realized. Doors of change do not change on criticism. They don't change on apathy. They change on small hinges called availability. Big change swings open on small things. And sometimes a small yes to God makes big things happen for others. Mary simply said a small yes in a moment. And today we are free from our sin and our shame. Huge doors of change swing on small hinges of availability. God's looking for your availability today. Go, God, I don't have much, but use me. That's why we're excited about our teenagers meeting. Last week, it was more than just a service with lights and pizza. If they can hear God's voice for themselves and wrestle with, not what mom and dad say, not what my grandparents say, God, what are you saying to me? And at some point, God's going to ask you something. 
It might be to raise your hands in church going, God, I want more of you. It might be to give your life to him. It might be to go on a mission trip. It might be to go to a certain school. It might be to break up with somebody or date somebody. It might be to move. But at some point, God's going to ask something. And huge change swings on small hinges of availability. God go, I'm available. I'm here today because at some point I said, I'll do it. I don't know how. And you're here where you are today because somewhere you said yes to God. All God wants is your yes. That's all God wants is your yes. In this church life, you guys can start playing. Make me sound spiritual. That'd be awesome. Right away, you start want to cry right now, don't you? Sound spiritual. In this church life, we've had people over the last year and a half want to join our team and they say things like, they're looking for what they want. I want to be on the platform. I want to preach. I want a position. Are you hiring? I never forget when we announced. I had so many direct messages on Instagram from people coming out of Bible school and pastors and people across the country. Hey, if you need a worship pastor or a youth pastor or you need an associate pastor, like I can come. I'd love to come and be a part of your team. And I kept saying, we have no positions, but we got lots of opportunity to set up and tear down and sweep. They never messaged me back ever. But I've realized that usually opportunity comes when people don't say what they want, but they say this line, what do you need? So many people say, here's what I want. I need the corner office, I need a cell phone package, I need a laptop, I, I don't really do Mondays, I need to come in at a certain time, and we say, here's what I want. We have our Christmas list in our life, here's what I want. But I'm learning what Mary said was, it wasn't what I want, she wasn't going, so will I have money for this child? Will, will I have rewards in heaven? Will, are you gonna look after me? There's a rumor that the inns are already full and every time a year, and I don't know, are you gonna work this out? Am I gonna get VIP status? Can you kinda, is, will there be an Escalade pick us up? Is the kid gonna be good looking? Come on, you know, like I have, some, I have a list. Is he gonna be able to do miracles? Like make a money tree in the back? Like I got some questions, what's in it for me? But she said, no, no, what do you need? He's like, I need a life that's beautiful inside and out. And we need change, people are dying far from God. I need someone just to go. I want to make a big door of change in eternity on a small hinge of your yes. My God, the power of yes. That's why we celebrate our dream teams. Some of you are like, I'm so sick of the dream team. Someone's yes to serve coffee has been a door of change. You don't know the conversations that happen out there. People walking in here suicidal, walking out going, I can make it. People walking in lonely, walking out going, someone knows my name, because someone said yes, so I'll be here at eight o'clock and I'll plug in coffee and I'll make it awesome. That's why I brag on this man. I was in Edmonton, I've gone too long and I don't apologize. The kids are probably bouncing off the wall, but they have a bouncy castle. He texts me one year in Edmonton, I was flying out of Edmonton speaking. We announced the church, we didn't have it yet. He said, I want to meet him and his wife said, I want to meet you. You know what's interesting in that conversation? It wasn't, so if we come to Halifax, can you pay us? What would our title be? Like if we, we changed our profile online, would it have a different title? Could we have a title? Is there any housing allowance? He's like, what do you need? I'm like, we don't have anything. He's like, well, uh, we have some, we have talent and grit. I think it's amazing that they moved across the country with nothing. And we didn't give them nothing. We gave them anything. That's not even right grammar right there. My jeans are too tight. You know, like, 
And then Sunday night, Nicole didn't give her a cent, gets up there and preaches her heart out. It was wicked some good, as the Newfies would say. We had 46 teenagers show up. We don't know where they came from. Don't know where they went. They ate our pizza. And someone said, I just want to be available. I've learned this in the kingdom of God. When you come in with what I want, God goes, you know what? I got a place for you, but I'm looking for those that said, I just want to say, what do you need? All God wants is your yes today. As I close, one Christmas, we were newly married. You hate this story. We were about three years married. It was about 15 years ago. And God had a call in our life to start ministry. We were in this waiting season. Anybody in a waiting season? Aren't they horrible? I was working a job. She was working a job. We were volunteering. We weren't making any money. But it was okay. We had purpose. We had each other. We were in love. And we had no kids. And we were young. And and uh, we had no kids and no food. It was awesome. And uh, slept on a futon for the first 10 years of our marriage. Yeah, thank God for Nana. Where's my mom? Like, if Jesus doesn't supply, Nana does. And uh, we're at the gro- we never got grocery store- groceries and carts. We always got them in baskets, right? Because you had $15. You pay for gas in pennies sometimes. True story. There's one gas station I won't go back to because I paid for it in pennies. $6 in gas in pennies, friends. I don't kill your pride right there. And uh, we are at the grocery store one day getting the same thing, three things, cheese, ground beef. Couldn't afford lean ground beef. It wasn't lean ground beef. And this woman from our church that we were going to walked around the corner and said, hey, it was around Christmas time and she didn't know we were looking at stopping. Not giving up on Jesus, but giving up on the dream. We were just tired, you know, you get tired. She said, hey, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm gonna pay for your groceries today. I said, no, we, you can't do that. She said, no, no, I'm gonna pay for your, gro- go get some groceries. I remember saying to my wife, go get a cart, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Get two carts, get a dolly, back the truck up, you know. We didn't, we just filled our basket. And she stood behind us and paid for our groceries that day. And it was probably 70 bucks, but to us, it was a door of change going, God, you have a plan. And we can hold on one more month. Can I encourage you, your yes to God this season could be a big change in someone else. All God wants is your yes. Mary said yes. Didn't know. All she knew, it was scary, but nothing to fear. It was overwhelming, but it wouldn't overwhelm her. She said, I trust and obey. There's no other way. God, I give you my yes. Let it be as you say. I see your goodness. You see my beauty, and I see your plan, and I say yes. And a plan unfolded. And that's what we celebrate today. I wake up every day with the same thing. God, I say yes. I don't know. I just say yes. And some of you, you're scared. And God goes, it's scary. It's so big. But it's not overwhelming. It's not fearful. Today, the first yes I want to ask you for today is you say yes to Jesus. Some of you have never said yes to Jesus. You don't know Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, forgive me, help me, save me, reach me. I want to know you and be with you. That We call that getting saved. We call that committing your life to Christ. 180 people have already done it in this church in the last year and a half. It's the start of a journey. All God wants is your yes. That's all he wants. He'll deal with your sin and your junk, but he wants your yes. And with a yes, he can change your life and change the world.
with every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. You say, Mike, I've never prayed that prayer. You walked in here today, you don't know God, you're new to church. Maybe you've come for a while, maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you're one of our students today. You, you've never done this for yourself. Your parents know God, but you've never said God. I say yes. You've lived on other people's yeses, but you've never said yes yourself. Today's your day. With every head bowed, I'm gonna count to three. If you say, Mike, I wanna say yes to Jesus today to give him my life. You've never done this before. I'm gonna count to three. I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. This Christmas season, all God wants is your yes. One, it's not everybody, but there's somebody here today. Today starts your journey with God. It's not joining a church. It's saying yes to God. Number two, all over this place. Three, if that's you, raise your hand real high and put it right back down. I see that hand, put it right back down. I see that hand, put it right back down. Put it right back down. We celebrate you today. Can we stand to our feet? Everybody, can we all stand to our feet today? Let's pray. I've gone over time. We're just gonna, we're not gonna sing. We're just gonna play. I wanna pray this prayer. I wanna encourage you, those that know Jesus, he's asking you for something this, this year to forgive somebody to make a call. Maybe it's to help somebody financially. Maybe it's to invest in this church. Maybe it's to give someone an opportunity in your influence. But God's looking for your availability to open a huge door of change and it starts with a yes, the miracle of yes, amen. If you put your hand up, there's at least two, three people put their hand up today. Can we all pray this together with them so they're not alone? They just joined a family. And when they end up with this, yeses attract people. We're all in this together, amen. Can we repeat after me, all of us, and we pray this prayer of faith? Lord Jesus Christ, today I say yes. I say yes to forgiveness. I say yes to hope. I say yes to you leading my life. Take my past. I give you my present. Come into my life. I trust you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. And I say yes today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give a round of applause today.